Hello, this is Josh with the Get Your Goat podcast. Welcome, everybody. I just got my image uploaded. Very excited about that. Happy to be here with you talking about sports after another fantastic weekend of football. I got my brother Luca here with me. What's up, Luca? Not much. Good to be back with you after this nice weekend of football watching, basketball watching, hockey watching, a lot of sports, a lot of action we talked about. So the first game we're going to get into is the Bucks versus the Saints. That's the Tampa Bay Bucks versus the New Orleans Saints, which was a huge game last night. I had the Bucks winning by a touchdown. Luca had the Bucks winning. We both got that one right. So the Bucks move on to the NFC Championship game. But Luca, what did you see? How did the Bucks win this game? Why did the Bucks win this game? What were your thoughts? The Bucks mainly won this game based off of the Saints' turnovers. Drew Brees threw three interceptions, and that did not help them at all. And I saw that Michael Thomas had no receptions. So that definitely also had a tough time on him. And Kamara really couldn't get the run game going, only averaging 4.7 yards a carry. And then the Buccaneers offense did amazing. Brady had two touchdowns and no interceptions. Their run game was somewhat effective with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones getting in the action. And I saw Cameron Brait. He's the backup tight end to Rob Gronkowski, mm-hmm. and he's been doing really good lately. I agree. Four receptions and 50 yards. They got everyone involved this game, and that helped them to get the win over the Saints. I agree, Luca. I agree. This game was very evenly matched from the beginning. Uh, the Bucks, Saints, they each had 20 first downs apiece. Bucks maybe ran a little bit more plays, had a few more yards. But uh, more rushing yards. But to me, like Lucas said, the key in this game were the turnovers that the Bucks defense caused, and that Drew Brees was really on him most of the night. Then when I was watching the game last night, and Deontay Johnson had that long punt return to set up a field goal, I thought it was going to be a touchdown. I thought, oh no, this is going to be a long game. Uh, this is going to be a rematch of a thirty-eight to three Sunday night game. It looked bad after that first punt return. And I thought, they're going to score right here, give a touchdown, and it's going to be over. But the Bucks' defense really held on all night. They stopped them, held them to the field goal, and I think that was huge for the momentum of this team. And that defense really helped them win this game, led by linebacker Devin White, I believe he missed the last couple games with COVID protocol, but it was huge to have him back there last night. Uh, team captain played well, came up with a huge interception late in the game. And as Lucas said, this Drew Brees had a few turnovers, but this defense was opportunistic, and it was really their best de- defensive performance of the season. It was that good. What else was amazing on this Bucks team was that Tyler Johnson catch. His only catch of the night was a first down, 15 yards. And when we were watching it last night, I thought that was a drop. I thought he didn't catch it clean, but Tyler Johnson's catch was amazing. The throw wasn't that great, but Tyler Johnson leapt up, made the catch, and had a huge first down. And again, I said this defense... But this loss also falls on Drew Brees. He had three interceptions. They were all on him. They they didn't really look good. It's not like the defense made crazy plays. It was just that. And then also Jared Cook in his fumble was huge. And then also the last interception, it kind of bounced off his chest into the defender's arms. So really, the Saints offense did not look good all night long. And because of all these turnovers, the Bucks had great starting field position every single time and that led to the Saints demise because the Saints defense did really well as well as the Bucks, but didn't create those turnovers and as Lucas said that Kamara had 4.7 yards per carry that's pretty good for a running back in the NFL facing the number one rush defense in the NFL I believe they should have ran more with Kamara 
and they should have relied more heavily on Kamara, as Luca mentioned, Carlton Davis shutting down Michael Thomas all night long. And really, the Saints' offense looked bad all night. They really it looked inept, didn't look good. The only play that looked good from the Saints was their little trick play they did with Jameis Winston to Traquan Smith. That was the only play of excitement they had, and that's kind of like a Taysom Hill play. There's no Taysom Hill in the game. I don't think that played a huge factor in there because you had Jason, Jameis Winston and those uh, type gadget plays. Maybe Taysom Hill affected the running game a little bit. Of course, with Latavius Murray affecting the running game as well, those two players being out. I don't think it was a huge factor in the win, though. So that is huge for them. But then this also means Tom Brady advances to his 14th championship game. 13 in the AFC, this is his first in the NFC. And I have to say this, and I have to say it again, since this is Get Your Goat, my goat is Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the goat of the NFL. Nobody's even close. I saw Stephen A. say this morning that uh, Patrick Mahomes, or my bad, oh, my bad, uh, Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the NFL right now. Best player in the NFL right now. Wow. Luca, I'll give you the floor before I get into it, but do you think Pat or Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the NFL right now? I think that's disrespectful to Tom Brady and all he's done for all these years, having all of his Super Bowls. I think that's just very disrespectful to say when he only has one Super Bowl ring. I agree, Luca. That is very disrespectful, but also irresponsible of him to say. I didn't hear the full context, but when I take it, I think of it two ways. Best player in the NFL. The best player in the NFL, most awarded, decorated player is Tom Brady. We just mentioned 14 championship appearances. Guess what? There's only two teams that have more championship appearances than that, and I believe that's the Steelers and the 49ers at 16 apiece. So Tom Brady himself has more than 30 other teams. That is incredible. That's GOAT status right there. That's best player in the NFL right now, right there. There's nobody better than him. But if you want to talk about maybe better throwing mechanics, maybe better arm, like in terms of right now looking at it, to me, Patrick Mahomes is better than Aaron Rodgers right now. Yes, Aaron Rodgers has looked great this season. Him and Devontae Adams, he'll probably win the MVP. But if I had to have the ball and to win one game, if I had to choose one quarterback to win one NFL game right now, it wouldn't be Aaron Rodgers. It would either be a toss-up between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, no disrespect to Aaron Rodgers, but that was an irresponsible take, and I do not believe Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the NFL right now, not by a long shot. Did he have a great season? Yes, but Tom Brady is the GOAT, and Patrick Mahomes is the up-and-coming GOAT. That's how it is. I'm sorry to say it. I'm sorry for all those Roger riders that are out there, but... Aaron Rodgers ain't in the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks, at least to me. I'm sorry. I'll repeat that again towards the end of the show, but that's what has to happen. But this was also, as been reported, I don't know if this is 100, it's not 100% true, but it was reported that that was Drew Brees' final game last night. And it really wasn't the way to go out for him. Uh, it was kind of reminded me of Tom Brady last year where he threw a final pick six, and you're like, that can't be the last you see of Brady. Uh, this kind of feels similar with me regarding Drew Brees. He looked very bad last night. I don't think this should be the last of him, but if it is the last of Drew Brees, I just want to say congratulations, Drew, to a great, great career. It was amazing to watch you play, finishing with the most passing yards of a regular season, highest completion percentage three seasons in a row. Uh, I'm a, from a football standpoint, you were excellence personified you were always so good out of a football gave it your all fought through injury came back probably earlier than a lot of experts thought you should and you have just been so well drew Brees. and i know i've heard stories read stories about what you mean for the community down there in new orleans and for the state of louisiana so you have just been a tier a model a class a grade a player in person throughout your whole 
career. So congratulations, Drew Brees, on an excellent career, and I look forward to watching you on NBC commentating or color commentating. So then that was the Bucks and the Saints. Huge game. Bucks advance. Saints don't. Luca, what's next for the Saints? They don't have any salary cap room. They're hard-pressed. They could be without Drew Brees. What's next for the Saints? The Saints might have one of the worst seasons in franchise history next season. If Brees retires, and then with all that cap space, with all the people they need to get rid of, they could be left with Jameis Winston if they don't resign anyone else. And Michael Thomas hasn't looked too good for the games he did play this season. So I don't think there's too much hope for Saints next season. And this is the thing that I find funny about the salary cap and the, I think, I don't know if I read this right, but I read that the Saints are like $90 million over the salary cap. I okay. just don't know how you get that much over the cap. Because to me, you got Kansas City with their signing of Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, Tyree Matthew. You have all those guys. They're not over the salary cap, and they're not even in the salary cap situation. You have Drew Brees, who might retire. That gets negated off the books. But you got Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore. How are you that much over the cap? To me, that doesn't make sense. And even last year, with Tom Brady and the Patriots, they said, oh, the Patriots are over the cap. But it's like, you had Tom Brady, not even top 10 in money, and you had Stephon Gilmore, you just paid... But who else is making money on the Patriots to where you can't pay any more players? Mohamed Sanu ain't a top wide receiver last year. Julian Edelman ain't a top wide receiver. Sony Michelle, James White. I mean, come on. I mean, to me, I think the salary cap needs to be more transparent because I don't know how these teams have no money. I don't know if they're, uh, what kind of currency they're using. I don't know if they're using U.S. dollars or what, but it looks a little weird. I'm not going to go as far as Luka goes and say the Saints are going to be terrible next year and have a worse season. I think even with Jameis Winston, they still have Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, they still have Emmanuel Sanders. They still have weapons to throw to, so I won't give up on the Saints quite yet. I'm not ready to go that far, but I do think they need to figure out their salary cap situation if they are indeed so much over the salary cap limit. So again, that was the Saints game. Again, congratulations, Drew Brees. It was also nice to see Tom Brady after the game throwing some uh, passes to his kids. I mean, Tom Brady also, excellence personified on and off the field. Uh, never cheated the game. T- Drew Brees, Tom Brady, deflate gate issue, but we won't go there right now. But Drew Brees never cheated the game, not once. Came back stronger than ever after the Los Angeles or San Diego Chargers. So again, congratulations, Drew Brees. Excellent career. Just can't say that enough. But the next game on our list, we're going in reverse order today, was the Browns and the Chiefs. Me and Luca both picked the Chiefs in that one. Uh, Chiefs won. Happy about it. But Luca, what happened in this game? What did you see? How did the Chiefs pull it off? Kansas City won 22-17. How did they win this game? Near the end of the game, I got a little scared when Mahomes got hit and he was trying to get up and like he didn't even know where he was. Mm-hmm. And his teammates had yeah. to help him, had that concussion, had to go into the locker room, was out. And Andy Reid said he maybe could have came back into that game and he says he will be ready for next Sunday, I believe, is their next game. And mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes before looked pretty good. 255 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. That's the key to not turn the ball over. And then, I don't even know who their running back is. It's Darrell Williams. Darrell Williams, I believe he's their third string running back. I think so, yeah, behind Edwards Hilaire and uh, Le'Veon Bell. So he looked pretty good that game, averaging six yards a gain. The Browns could not stop him. If the defense would have played a little better that game for the Browns, I believe they could have won with Chad Henney. Henney? Henney. It's Henney. Henney coming into that game with the final minutes of that game. And Baker, I believe the real turning point was that touchback they had. Yeah, but there I were, agree. 
there should have been a call because he that should could have been targeting or at least illegal use of helmet right there. Mm-hmm. So that was really the turning point they could have had by not getting that touchdown. And Baker, of course, had that one interception, did not help. And I believe they should have ran the ball more with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Together, they only had 19 carries. And that is not good when you've one of the best running backs in the game. I agree, Luca. You kind of took most of my points. So I'll go over to the uh, Chiefs side real quick. But the Chiefs uh, dominated the Browns in terms of yards. Had over 100 plus yards, I believe. More first downs. I mean, with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, this game wasn't close, and it really shouldn't have been close. The reason I'll give it closeness in the beginning with Patrick Mahomes is because of Butker. He missed a field goal, missed an extra point, which was huge for them. Of course, I think the field goal was after Baker's interception. But Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey could not be stopped Early on in this game, Tyreek Hill had himself a ball game. I believe eight receptions, 100-plus yards. He looked fantastic. They were running jet motion sweep plays with McCole Hardman and Robinson. Those looked amazing. Uh, and to me, the Chiefs just looked so good, so potent on offense. But to me, Baker also played exceptional. He had his interception, which was mentioned, but he played well. I agree with Luca. Should have ran the ball more. You have the best running back duo, I believe, in the NFL with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And they were actually, they were picking up steam in the third quarter. I believe Nick Chubb had over 50 yards alone in the third quarter. I mean, you just keep running and pounding that ball on that defense. That's what you do. That's how they've won games this season. So I don't know why they abandoned the run game so much and relied on Baker. I'm not saying Baker's not a... Baker's not a bad quarterback. You can't rely on him because Baker's amazing. I love watching myself, Baker, and watching him play. But I do believe they should have been a little bit more balanced with their play calling. Kevin Stefanski did look like a first-year coach, first-year play caller in his second playoff game, and it really showed. Got out coached by Andy Reid. And then uh, now I'll go through this little sequence of events here with the I think fumble, which was huge, Luca mentioned. Uh, I think it was Rashad Higgins caught the ball running upfield. He dives for the end zone. Uh, what's the what's the term called? He leaps forward with the ball in his hands, extends the ball to touch the pylon, and then he gets hit by the safety on the chief Sorensen, causes a fumble, and it goes back into the end zone, which is a touchback. I don't like this for two reasons. The first reason is that should have been targeting on Sorensen. That was a call that was missed. Blatant call. Lowered the helmet. Led with the crown of the helmet. Every rule for targeting that there is. Illegal use of the head that there is and helmet that there is. uh, They did not call it. They should have called it. And that was a huge turning point in the game. Because they would have had the ball right there down at the one yard line. The score was 16-3 to right there, and it could have been 16-10. to Because of that, the fumble occurred in the end zone, and they gave it to the Browns at, or they gave it back to the Chiefs at the 20-yard line. It was terrible. The play should have been called. and But I think the key thing here is that penalty is non-reviewable. You can't review it. That, that play needs to be reviewable, because if it was, they for sure would have changed it. So the NFL has some off-season work to do in terms of rule change. That needs to be in effect pronto. Pronto. That is, I'm a Chiefs fan, but I will defend the Browns. I will defend equality in these games. I will defend it and have fair play because I like to look at it through a referee scope and the scope of fairness. And right there, that should have been called. It would have been called a lot more. I think it wasn't called because of that fumble. The rest were looking at that. But if it was reviewable, should have been called. Then you have that. Uh, then it was uh, next quarter. Mahomes gets injured, Lucas says. And to me, uh, he was playing with a little bit of a foot injury, it looked like. And then he gets tackled. It wasn't a bad tackle. Uh, 
Travis Kelsey said the Browns were headhunting and doing all this stuff. I don't believe it was a bad hit. It wasn't a dirty hit. It was just an awkward hit. He tackled him, kind of had him in like this chokehold. He got him up high and he dragged him to the ground. And uh, he was trying to get up and he just collapsed there to the ground and his teammates had to help him up. It didn't even look like he knew where he was at. And I was on the verge of tears. I'm a huge Patrick Mahomes fan and I almost wanted to cry because of how much he means to the Chiefs, to the Chiefs fans, to the game of football, and just, again, how excellent he is off the field. I mean, he just means so much to so many people. So it was really painful to watch Patrick Mahomes in that state, watch him go over to the blue medical tent, looking dazed and confused. Just was really sad to watch, but I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad he's doing better. Hope he clears concussion protocol and is healthy. But my thoughts were with him. Love myself some Patrick Mahomes. So that was definitely scary to watch. And I think even just as a football fan or person in general, that was scary to watch. So then uh, Chad Henney comes in. And Chad Henney sucks. I'm sorry. That brother doesn't know how to play the game of football. I'm sorry. Uh, I have to do this take. But he's just not good. That interception that he threw was terrible. He just lost it up there. I'm like, oh, Tyreek Hill must be running a go route. He must be open. He's throwing it down there. And guess what? There's no Tyreek Hill anywhere in sight. No Chiefs wide receiver anywhere in sight. It's a brown safety just standing there. Puts his arms over his head. And he just catches the football. No jump. No flight. No nothing. I mean, that throw was terrible by Chad Henney. It was that bad. And... Uh, that moment, I was so scared. I thought, the Chiefs are going to lose this game. This is it. This is it. This is the game. But no, the defense came up huge after that with a stop, gave it back to the Brown, gave it back to the Chiefs, and then the Chiefs split out the clock. And this defense, as Luca mentioned for the Browns, really did not play good. Couldn't come up with a stop. I know Miles Garrett kind of got the same entry Aaron Donald did mid-game with uh, his side. But it was bad defense all around. Couldn't stop him. Had him third and 14. And they basically let Chad Henney rush for a first down. And then they did that little hill play to Tyreek Hill. Which to me, that two sequences kind of saved Henney's crappy interception. I will say that. But then again, if Chad Henney is playing against the Bills and he's the starting quarterback, the Chiefs have no chance. No chance. Will they have a little chance? Yeah, 1%. But... Uh, everybody would ride high with the Bills. I'm sorry, Chad Henney, but you've never had great success in the NFL. So, Chiefs come out with a win. They are in the AFC Championship game. All right, Luca, Browns lose. What's next for the Browns? How do they recover from his loss? What happens to them? What's next for the Browns? Will they come back strong next year? I think Kevin Stefanski needs to work out what he's been doing because he either runs the ball the whole game or he doesn't run the ball at all. And I think he needs to balance out his playbook and what he's been doing so that can help them. And I think they need, and it didn't help when Odell got injured. He's their number one wide receiver, so he didn't contribute anything since he was injured for that rest of the half of the season. And the Brown, I feel like they got to get one more really good person on defense. Because obviously they have Miles Garrett, who is amazing, made it to the Pro Bowl. So I feel like if they get like a cornerback or all-star safety, they'll be set for next season. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Luca. I think the Browns are just fine. I think they are going to win the AFC North next year, and they're going to make it to the championship game. Uh, wow. I th- I think that because Baker's played great, Jarvis Landry has played great, OBJ is coming back healthy next season. That offensive line is amazing. Uh, so the talent on offense is just fine. Head coach Kevin Stefanski, just fine. Uh, it was his first year. Even on defense, they have Miles Garrett, amazing edge rusher in him. And then they have Denzel Ward, which is a stud, is a cornerback. Will he get better? Yes, but this team is just fine. They don't have to do anything. The Browns and Browns fans should hold their heads high this offseason. Wear their Browns 
uniforms, wear their t-shirts, wave that flag nice and proud. Oh my god. Because gosh. they had such an amazing season. Nobody expected them to be this close in winning the division, uh, being this close to beating the Chiefs. Yesterday they competed with them, and they have nothing to be upset about. Uh, I think if Baker would have gotten him a ball back, he would have won this game and beat the Chiefs because uh, Baker is that dude. He proved it in Oklahoma. He's that good of a quarterback. You could see in his eyes that he wanted that ball back. But no, the Chiefs have nothing to be upset about, nothing to be sad about. Maybe other than this could have been their chance without Mahomes as quarterback. But no, the Chiefs are in a good spot. They have young talent, and they're going to be here representing the AFC North and the AFC for the next 10 years. That's how good the Browns are. Okay. You, I've, you're kind of stretching it a bit. I don't think they're going to win the AFC North. I still think that the Ravens will be ahead of them. Ravens swept them this year. 2-0 and in the regular season. I think they will pass the Steelers, and they'll be second in the division. I don't think they'll be able to pass the Ravens. It will be close, though. No, I'm sorry. I got to disagree. Uh, Browns played the Ravens really tough that second game when the Browns were coming alive. I don't think that the Ravens are going to beat them twice a year every year for the next 10 years. No. I'm sorry. I got to go with the Browns. Representing the AFC North, they got a real quarterback. Ravens don't. Yep. You want to get into this now, or you want to get into this in the next segment? Lamar Jackson knows how to throw a football, bro. Oh my gosh. He is the best running quarterback. I agree. I agree. Best running quarterback. And he is at least top 10. In passing, he's not top ten in passing yards since obviously he does his little whole running thing, but he is a also a tremendous passer when he's on the field. So again, congratulations, Brown fans! Now that Luca wants to get into this Lamar Jackson and Raven talk, we'll get right into that into the Ravens Bills game. Uh, me and Luca both picked the Ravens. Uh, we thought Lamar Jackson was going to be the difference maker, and guess what? He was a difference maker, just not for the Ravens, but for the Bills. That's the difference maker he was. And I picked the Ravens also because I thought Josh Allen was going to make the big mistake in this game. Guess what? He didn't. It was Lamar Jackson who made that mistake. And it was the Ravens and Bills. It was We thought it was going to be this high-scoring game. But guess what? It was reminiscent of the Patriots and the Rams Super Bowl. That's how boring it was. But Luca, I know you're hot about this. I will let you talk about this first. What did you see in this game? How did the Bills win? What happened to the Ravens? I saw that concussion the Bills gave to Lamar Jackson in that final quarter. And I, because after that, when the Ravens got the ball back, whoever that backup is, Tyler Huntley mm-hmm. had to come yeah. in, and he overthrew Marquise Brown. That would have been a touchdown if Lamar Jackson was in the game. So then that would have been 10-17. to 17. I believe they could have came up with one more stop, got the ball back, and probably got a touchdown. Yes, that pick six was a huge factor in that game. But when Lamar got injured, I knew that was the end of the game. And Josh Allen only threw for one touchdown, averaging five yards a throw. Wasn't too great. Sing- Singletary is not a good running back. Only 25 rushing yards. Stephon Diggs, of course, gets a touchdown nearly every game. And he got 106 yards. But good? once Lamar got injured, I knew it was over after that disgusting hit. It was not a disgusting hit. The hit on uh, Higgins from the Browns was way more dirty than this one. I just felt like that was whiplash. He got tackled. He hit his head hard on the turf. Uh, it was hard to see him out, but the Ravens should have won this game. You look at the stats, uh, they had way more yards, I think over 100, ran a lot more plays than the Bills. Uh, to me, the rushing yards stood out. They had 150 rushing yards to the Bills' 32. That is insane to be in the playoffs. You think running and defense, and the Ravens had both. They had rushing and defense. But in their third down efficiency was a lot better, too, the Baltimore Ravens. 
They dominated time on possession. I mean, everything was just lined up for a Ravens win because they did play really solid. But here's where they didn't play solid. Uh, they were 0-3 for 3 in the red zone. You cannot expect to win and not take advantage of getting points in the red zone. I'm sorry. Two missed field goals. Justin Tucker, the old reliable, most accurate kicker. I don't know if Al Michaels was jinxing him before the game, jinxing him during kicks, but he missed two field goals. He looked completely shocked. And I told Luca after he missed that second one, I'm like, I think this is it for the Ravens this game. If he's missing those kicks, I don't know about that. He missed those. And then Lamar Jackson had his first passing touchdown ever in the playoffs. And guess who it was to? Guess who it was to? Teron Johnson, I believe, for the Buffalo Bills. A 101-yard pick six is what Lamar Jackson threw. And it was so crucial is because it was 10-3. to Ravens are going down to tie the game. They've looked really good. And he does that. He does that. He throws that pick six. That's what he does. You're just mad that he crushed the freaking Titans last week. Oh, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. Yes, you are. And you're mad your jersey still hasn't come for Derrick Henry. I I am not mad about those things. Yes, you are. That's (laughs) why you're saying all this crap. I'm sorry, but Lamar made the big mistake in this game. He did. Because the Ravens' defense looked really good all game long. Uh, They held this rushing offense to the bare minimum they bills couldn't run for anything but and josh allen didn't look special at all but you know what did look special the josh allen stefan diggs connection those two are simply amazing together i think that is like trade of the year uh type worthy things right there because Without Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen's not an MVP quarterback. They're both not where they are, and that looked amazing. But other than that, they really didn't look amazing on offense. It was just Bill's defense that stood up. Yes, Lamar Jackson got injured to Luka's point. And I, who was it, Luka? Tyler Huntley was the quarterback, and he really didn't look special. Uh, so this defense was able to contain and stop him. But Josh Allen played composed, didn't make the big mistake we thought he was going to make. And the Bills move on to the AFC Championship game uh, next week against the Chiefs. Sunday night, it's going to be a good game. But Luka, the Ravens lose. Lamar got the playoff monkey off his back. He got his first playoff win. Didn't look good in this game. Yes, he got a concussion, got injured. But what's next for your Baltimore Ravens? What happens next? I don't know if there's too much to look forward to. Because I believe they have to re-sign Lamar next year. And having only like $30 million or so in cap space. And re-signing him and other players is going to be tough. So they'll have to give Lamar all their money. And that leaves no one else to re-sign. So that's going to hurt them in the offseason. And they still need to get a number one wide receiver for Lamar. So with that limited amount of money... There's not much they can do in the offseason. All right, Luca, I agree with you. Uh, they need a number one wide receiver. It proves huge for Josh Allen. He's got a number one receiver. Patrick Mahomes got a number one wide receiver. Kyler Murray has a number one wide receiver. And they traded away Deshaun Watson's number one wide receiver to get Kyler Murray, his number one wide receiver. Uh, Kirk Cousins has a number one. A, a lot of teams, Aaron Rodgers has a number one. Uh, Russell Wilson, Russell has, Wilson a has a one. Uh, Tom Brady has a one. Drew Brees had a one. So, Luka, a lot of teams have their one. And Marquise Hollywood-Brown is a good wide receiver, but he's not a number one wide receiver. So, Luka, who do you think would be, since you're a Ravens fan, who do you think would be a good wide receiver for the Ravens to get to take them to this next level, have that special connection between Lamar Jackson and who? Who do you think that wide receiver should be? There are... Two receivers that are I can name off the top of my head that are going into free agency. I believe Chris Godwin yeah. and Kenny Galladay are going into free agency. Mm-hmm. So getting one of those could be huge. Or getting maybe a number one receiver in the draft, possibly trading up for a better draft pick. Mm-hmm. Getting their number one receiver from the draft. So getting either someone from the draft 
or those two receivers that I can name would be huge for the Ravens. I agree. Uh, and I agree with you what you said about the salary cap because it doesn't look like it's going to go too much with the pandemic uh, impacting all the financial situation. But I agree they do need a number one wide receiver, like you said, either through the draft. Uh, I think Kenny G, a little bit too more injury prone uh, to sign to a big contract. I think that's kind of why the Lions are holding out. I love myself Kenny G. Love Kenny Galladay. But he does have injury problems. If I had to choose a more reliable one, I would choose Chris Godwin. But Chris Godwin has had a ton of drops in the postseason so far. And he has been injured in the regular season. I think he had like a broken finger. Yeah, So he, he has injuries too. But I do love myself some Chris Godwin and Kenny G. I will say that. But no, I think the Ravens will be just fine. They can get creative with a salary cap. They'll sign their people. They'll compete. John Harbaugh is an excellent coach, even though Jim poached one of his defensive guys for Michigan. But no, this Ravens team is going to be just fine. It's going to be them and the Browns competing for dominancy in the AFC North for the next 10 years, I believe. Uh, Ravens are going to keep continuing to grow, get better, and that's what they'll do. And then lastly, it was the Los Angeles Rams and the Green Bay Packers. Me and Luca both picked the Packers to win. I thought it was, Luca almost picked this game right. Clay, he said 32-19. It was 32-18. I'll give him props for that. I said 27-24. Packers, I thought it was going to be a closer game. I thought the Rams defense were going to play better. But the Rams defense didn't show up. And Luca, the Packers won decisively, advancing to the NFC Championship game. So, Luca, what did you see from that game on Saturday? Why do the Packers look so good? How did they win? Break it down for us. I basically predicted this whole game last week. <laughs> I said Jalen Ramsey would not be able to stop Devontae Adams. Yes, he, did. he was not able to stop Devontae Adams. And Aaron Donald, I said, was not going to get the sacks they needed. They did not get the sacks they needed, so it was the Rams' defense that was unable to show up against the Packers, mm-hmm. and Jared Goff did not look too good either. Cam Akers did pretty good. He's been doing good, so he kind of carried that offense, so they should have just ran it with them that whole game. Mm-hmm. So I feel I like it was that defense. That was just a horrible performance <laughs> by the Rams, and Green Bay did good. I like that one play they did with Devontae Adams, that quick snap and throw for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He had that rushing touchdown. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers played amazing. Aaron Jones played amazing, averaging 7.1 yards a game with a touchdown. Alan Lazard did amazing. Devon, that team, that whole team did show up that game, and all of them got involved to put up the numbers. I agree, Luca. The Rams did not play well. I mean, Jared Goff played okay. Completion percentage was okay. Didn't turn the ball over. Akers played okay. Uh, so their offense, you know, was just okay. They scored 18 points. It was just that's it's an okay number. But their defense was not good. I was talking, hyping up this defense, hyping them all up because they were so good. Number one. Number one offense, number one defense. Oh, that's the matchup you want to see. But it was clear to me Aaron Donald was hobbled by his injury. He really couldn't get going uh, with his injury. He wasn't even on the field for a lot, or he was on the field for around 50% of the snaps, but he's usually on for way more, makes way more of an impact. And uh, the whole defense looked foolish out there. As Lucas said, Jalen Ramsey got torched by Devontae Adams on that side uh, play with a quick slant release. He was getting all upset at his players and his coaches. Uh, It did not look well. The only good thing I saw from the Rams was their two-point conversion play. That play was amazing. It looked like a quick screen play. I was like, what the heck is that kind of two-point play? They flip it to Akers. He runs in for the two-point. To me, that was brilliant. That was Sean McVay at his best right there, and that was awesome. Also, this... Same exact play happened when the Dolphins did it a few weeks ago. I saw this video, and it was almost Mm -hmm. identical. Mm -hmm. Same lineup from both sides, same throw, same toss. It was just, I didn't know which team was which, and I saw that. No, I agree. That was good, but I'll give Sean McVay that credit, but... One of the matchups in the matchups I said between the Rams and the Packers was the coaching best friends, Matt LaFleur 
and the Rams coach Sean McVay. And guess what? Sean McVay got thoroughly outcoached by his close friend and who he views as an older brother, Matt LaFleur. He took him to town that game. This was complete domination by the Packers, every facet of the game. Complete domination. They had 28 first downs to the 17 that the Rams had. The Packers were 8 for 12 on third down. I think that's 75, yeah, 75%. That's amazing for third down. They had more plays, more yards by almost doubled them up, 220 yards. Uh, doubled the passing and rushing yards and dominated the time of possession. As I said before, they just dominated every facet of this game. Their defense played well as well. And Aaron Rodgers was almost perfect this game with his QBR passer rating. He looked amazing uh, this year. And with Devontae Adams, Lazard, and company Aaron Jones, they all look sensational. And Adams, Devontae Adams, he wanted all that smoke with Jalen Ramsey. He said to Jalen Ramsey before the game that he's not some of the dudes that he's covered before. And then he also told Jalen Ramsey in game to follow him all game. Let's give the people what they want. He was talking all that trash to Jalen Ramsey. He was walking the walk and he was talking the talk. He torched my boy Jalen Ramsey. I'm all about Jalen Ramsey. But Devontae Adams did what no other wide receiver could do this offseason. And that was torch Jalen Ramsey. No other wide receiver could do it. Therefore, Jalen Ramsey was the best corner of the game. If Devontae Adams did this to Jalen Ramsey, Devontae Adams, best wide receiver in the game this year. 2020, it was his best season. I'm sorry. I'm taking it away from you, Stefan Diggs. Uh, you were my number one. After this game, Devontae Adams is my new number one. I'm sorry. That's how it goes, Stefan Diggs. You're a close number two. But Jalen Ramsey wanted that smoke, and he gave that smoke, and it looked bad. And Jalen Ramsey was crying. Aaron Donald was crying. Uh, Jamal Adams, who Jalen Ramsey just sent Jamal Adams packing, telling him to go to Cabo with their T-shirts and vague little hats. And guess what? Uh, Jalen, or what's his name? For the safety for the Seahawks? Jamal just, Adams. Yeah, Jamal, sorry, my bad. Jamal Adams tweeted that, guess what? Jalen Ramsey can now visit him in Cabo. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, that's fun to watch. And it's just going to be great uh, for next year's NFC with all these guys going back at it. So, Luca, the Rams lose. What's next for the Rams? Do they come back again with a strong defense? What's next for these guys? What do you see playing out for them in the future? I think they need to work more on the passing game because mm-hmm. they lost because Aaron Donald had that injury, didn't play, or he played on like most of the snaps, about 50%, like you said. Mm-hmm. And Cam Akers has been doing good. I think he'll stay the starter for the running back position I next agree. season. So he's been doing good. They'll be using him a lot next season. It's just going to be working on Jared Goff and his passing game because he is not the number one quarterback that can take you to the Super Bowl. It's the defense that can take you to the Super Bowl. So if the Rams can get someone like Deshaun Watson or a good quarterback, I don't want that to happen. (laughs) But if that does happen, that will tremendously improve the Rams and could take them to win the NFC every single year. Or at least contest with it. Yeah, I was just going to say that because I think the Rams, number one defense, they're in a good spot. Uh, Cam Akers is a rookie this year. He looks like they're running back of the future. Cooper Cup didn't play. I think that was huge. Jared Goff loves himself some Cooper Cup. Uh, Robert Woods is good. I mean, that offense does have weapons. Uh, to me, that quarterback is the biggest thing. Luca, you said Deshaun Watson. You want to see Deshaun Watson in L.A.? Is that what you said? I don't want to see him, but if he does end up going there, it will be very good for the Rams, but I would not like to see that at all. So let's say they, let's say the Rams don't give up a lot to get Deshaun Watson. They get Deshaun Watson. They don't give up a lot. They still have number one defense. Deshaun Watson... Uh, do you are they Super Bowl favorites, or do they come out of the NFC as favorites if they have Deshaun Watson as quarterback? 
they most likely will with him, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, that number one defense, and Cam Akers doing amazing in the postseason. This could be a new dynasty, but I would not want to see this as a Seattle fan. I agree. So there you have it. Divisional weekend wrapped up. We had great four games on, but next week, only four teams left, two matchups. AFC, you have the Buffalo Bills traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs. And then in the NFC, you got uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers going to face off against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and the Tundra. We'll talk about more on that in a later podcast. But Luca, I wanted to get your take on this real quick. The Seahawks have been in talks with Adam Gase, the former Jets head coach, to be their offensive coordinator. I don't know if anything will come of this, but Luca, what are your initial thoughts if Adam Gase becomes the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks? If he goes there, I might be watching a little bit more of the Raven games. I do not want to see Adam Gase on the Seattle Seahawks sideline during their games. He just finds a way to screw up every single time. He's like, oh, I'm going to go 0-16, get Trevor Lawrence. Then he wins two games and then doesn't get Trevor Lawrence. There's not more. And he still gets fired. And he got (laughs) fired. There's not much more ways you can get much worse than that. Going to get Trevor Lawrence doesn't get Trevor Lawrence. Gets fired. I think I if he gets what fired, if, I'll, I'm not. I'm, what I if can't. he just wanted because they, they would have lost just or they would have just won one of those games. They still would have a number one pick. What if he knew he was getting fired, but just to be a jerk to the next coach, <laughs> he said, "I'm going to win a couple games just so we don't get the number one pick. Don't get Trevor Lawrence." I don't know if that's that's just my theory, but. Adam Gase kind of sounds like that. Kind That's of guy. kind of a bummy move if he <laughs> were to do that, just to screw up a franchise, possibly either get Justin Fields. And that new coach says he kind of wants to stay with Stan. Eh, kind of wants to stay with Sam Darnold. So that kind of ruins the Jets organization. I don't think they're going anywhere within the next five years. I agree. It's going to be a long uphill road for the Jets. Uh, but the Chargers, they got their new coach today. Chargers got their coach of the future and quarterback got, of the future. They have just yeah they have Justin Herbert, very franchise quarterback. But they got Brandon Staley, Rams defensive coordinator. Uh, Luca, do you like this hire for the Chargers getting the Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley? All these number one defensive coordinators are getting hired. I do think this will be a good hiring. But I would prefer the Chargers get an offensive coordinator as their coach because they have more of an offense-built team than a defensive-built team. So I still think this will help. They have one of the Bosa's, I believe. Mm-hmm. I get confused. Yeah, Joey Bosa. Be- I get confused between Nick and Joey on um, which teams they're on, but he is also very good. So he will work well with him. So I think this team. I don't think they're talking Super Bowl or winning their division since they're in the Chiefs division. But I would say coming maybe close to the playoffs next season. Mm -hmm. And I think he will help the Chargers out for their next season. I agree. Uh, I think maybe if they keep their offensive coordinator that they have, I don't know who it is, but that would be a huge uh, hire. This is a huge hire because they collapsed in defensive situations last year. So getting a strong defensive mind... He spent two seasons under Fangio with the Bears when they had the top-rated defense. So I think this will be really huge for the Rams uh, since they already do have their franchise quarterback. They have a number one wide receiver in Keenan Allen, and they do have good defensive pieces. Like Lucas said, with this defensive-minded coach, uh, get somebody to coach up the offense, I think this team will do just good. Unfortunately, they're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, so I don't see great things for them in the future, but I do see good things for them in the future. And then Luca, the next hire, Lions are expected to hire Dan Campbell, assistant coach for the New Orleans Saints. What do you make of that hire, Luca? Is that good or not? I don't even know with the Lions anymore. I think this is a okay hire. Being an assistant coach to Sean Payton, that could be good for the Lions. I Mm -hmm. think 
that they'll do better, way better. Honestly, maybe anything's better than Matt Patricia and what <laughs> he's done. So I think they will do good, possibly get into the playoffs if they keep Stafford. Oh, wow. And if they re-sign Galladay, maybe getting a few more defensive pieces, that could really boost their chances getting into the playoffs. But I think this was an okay hiring. I agree. This is just okay. And I'm going to go one step. Maybe it's worse than okay. Because you know how Juju said the Browns is the Browns? Oh. With this hiring, the Lions is the Lions. Yeah. And now nobody can say Browns is the Browns anymore. But you can say Lions is the Lions because the Lions are losers. And I love the Detroit Lions. I love rooting for them. Love Matthew Stafford. Love Kenny G. Marvin Jones. Uh, all those guys. Jeff Okuda. I hope he does great. But uh, Dan Campbell is like he's like this motivator type guy, type coach. But he's never served as a coordinator, offensive or defensive, for any other team, I don't think this was a good hire for them. I hope I'm proven wrong because Lions fans want to see the Lions do so good. Uh, I don't know why I still watch Lions games knowing that they're so bad. Like, oh, why do I still turn them on? But you just want to root for them. You want for them to do good. So I hopefully I'm wrong about Dan Campbell. Hopefully in the podcast in the future I'm saying great things about him. I preferred Eric Bieniemy. I feel like he should have a job right now. It is wrong that he doesn't. I don't know if it's just that you can't interview enough right now with him because he is always going to the Super Bowl now or championship games, and teams don't want to wait that much. But I think it would be worth it to wait for Eric Bieniemy. Maybe he doesn't really want to leave, and maybe that's what he's kind of given off to other teams. You just don't know, but I hope that he deserves whatever shot he wants in the NFL. Maybe he's waiting for Andy Reid to retire when he gets that team. You just never know. You just never know. In other news, Justin Fields declared for the NFL draft today. I think he's around, like most teams have him as a number three overall prospect. So, Luca, which team do you want to see Justin Fields go to, if any team? I think he should go to either... I think he's going to be either the first pick or the second. I most believe Trevor Lawrence is going number one. I think he is going to go to the Jets. They could get some offensive tackle or defensive player, but I think they'll end up going with Justin Fields, and I really don't see anything for the Jets. No matter who they draft, I don't see them doing too good, but I think he'll end up going there. I was going to say this. I was going to say he's going to go to the Redskins, but, or the football team, but the football team just got rid of Dwayne Haskins. I don't think they want another Ohio State quarterback. No. I don't think it'll be... The Jets, I'm kind of thinking, like, the Falcons, maybe. Uh, you think he'll drop? Actually, they went... That Ryan's getting old. He's not as good as he used to be. He's no longer at MVP level. I'm sorry, folks. I don't know who needs to hear this. But he's not anymore. Matt Ryan ain't that guy anymore. He's no longer Matty Ice. That's not his nickname anymore. Uh, maybe the Falcons. I think he, I'd like to see him with the Falcons. Julio Jones, uh, Calvin Ridley. Get a running back. Julio Jones is getting time. old, though. I know, but you want a franchise quarterback. If they believe he's a franchise quarterback, I may not be right on this. He might not be the franchise guy. But if he is, then and you evaluate him as he is, then definitely take a shot on Justin Fields. In NBA news, Lakers and Clippers are still top dogs. Lakers playing the Warriors tonight. New chapter in the LeBron James-Curry rivalry. It's going to be good tonight, but now... The Nets are not far behind the L.A. teams anymore. Uh, they got James Harden. James Harden dropped a triple dub that first game with Kevin Durant. He's looked good in Brooklyn. They really don't need Kyrie anymore. Kyrie's kind of that luxury piece just to have him and really push him over the edge. But they do not need Kyrie to even get out of the East anymore. They're top dogs in the East without Kyrie if they were smart, honestly, I would trade Kyrie, get some of those draft picks back that you know I didn't have before, but I now traded to Houston. I want to get maybe a little package deal for Kyrie, but if not, he's that luxury piece to have just to win. But you don't need Kyrie Irving anymore. I'm sorry, Kyrie. I love you, but they just don't need you anymore. Go to a team where you're needed. Get your head on straight. Focus on some basketball. Win some games because you are that guy. Your box office, you're amazing. Love watching you play. And then also, 
Kevin Porter for the Cavs. Uh, gonna get traded soon or waived following his outburst. He's been arrested before or in an incident. So, uh, again, uh, that's sad news to hear for young players like that going through that. Uh, other news as well, college basketball. Michigan Wolverines, they were amazing. Uh, they suffered their first defeat to the Minnesota Golden Gophers over the weekend. Tough loss to watch. Huge Michigan fan. But that's just when I'm going to have to suck it up with. You never win all of them. In college basketball, you always lose a few. So I expected to lose one coming up. Hopefully they don't get everybody's best now because that could be scary. A uh, huge game tonight. Kansas versus Baylor. Two top ten teams going at it. That's going to be fun to watch. I'll be excited to see if Kansas can pull off the upset or if Baylor is for real, just them and Gonzaga over everybody else. And then yesterday, NHL, Pittsburgh Penguins get their first one. I'm a huge Penguins fan. That looked good, beating Ovechkin, stopping him in the shootout. Jake Gensel getting that goal. That looked nice. Brandon Tanev has looked amazing. And it looked like the Lightning hasn't really skipped a beat at all. They still look good. So, Luca, what have you seen from the NHL so far? from what we've been watching. As a Blackhawks fan right now, I am very disappointed in what I've been seeing. That game against the Panthers was so bad. I called that offside, which really turned the game. I was going to tie it 1-1, to and then they went up like 4-1, to and then it finished 4-2. to So that really didn't look good. I watched the Red Wings this morning. They've been looking really good, actually. They don't look like that last team at all right now and I don't know too much about the NHL right now I've just been watching a lot of football the Rangers looked really good I believe they won like 5-0 to zero. the Avalanche won over the Blues like 8-0 to zero or something like yeah, that I saw that that was crazy so there's been a couple things going on in the NHL right now and I've seen the Blue Jackets and Pierre-Luc Dubois wants a trade. <laughs> yes, he does. So I wonder where he will go. There's a few places where I would like to see him go, but it'll be fun to see where he ends up in the NHL. I totally agree, Luca. Big games coming up. NBCSN all day. Today was MLK Day. Uh, rest in peace, MLK. Uh, and then tonight, Vegas, Arizona. Where I'll be watching that. I'm a Vegas fan. We're in Arizona. So, of course, that's going to be on TV. You already know that. Uh, so, that's huge. NHL is fun to watch. It's getting good with their shortened season. And then MLB news. Uh, Yankees re-signed DJ LeMahieu and Corey Kluber they signed. Uh, that definitely helped them out. I thought they were kind of a lost cause. But I still have them behind the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Mets. I still think they need to make one or two key moves, especially in terms of the pitching status of this team so that's huge for them and then Luca let's wrap up on this we watched WandaVision on Friday what did you think of WandaVision so far two episodes in only two episodes so far what did you think of it this is not what I expected from a Marvel show it looks more of a comedy than it does more Marvel but it was very interesting to watch I watched some videos about some like key points there are. Mm-hmm. That one villain that came up and how she just reversed time. There's been a lot of theories about it. There's been one saying like this is just the life she wanted to live, but mm-hmm. I don't see that anymore with like the radio cutscene at the end. Yeah, exactly. And then mm-hmm. whoever that villain was that came out of that sewer, that really shocked me. And I don't even know. I didn't even know who that was until now. And mm-hmm. there's been a few comic things with that neighbor. She's cool. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And with a cat. <laughs> and it says, like, it, in the comics that she, Wanda kills her. So it's going to be fun to see how that happens in later episodes. I agree. I loved the first two episodes of WandaVision. Uh, it's a Disney Plus show. So people are trying to compare it to The Mandalorian. I'm not comparing it to Mandalorian because Mandalorian Star Wars totally different yeah. than WandaVision and the MCU. Uh, this is MCU's first TV show, and you have to consider this. Star Wars really they didn't they had a big run in seven, eight, and nine, but not a lot. Of, like half of the people liked eight and nine, but everybody kind of loved Mandalorian. Whereas with uh, 
the MCU and Marvel, they're just coming off of Endgame. This is their first thing since Endgame and Far From Home. And it's people are used to all these crazy action sequences and fight scenes and the plot and the twists and turns. Uh, whereas like Lucas says, this is more of a comedy. This is something so different than everything else in Marvel. But it looks good. There's still a lot of great shots, uh, special effects being used. Uh, people that are criticizing it for being slow. Uh, it's a TV show, so it's going to take some time to build up. But I do think this is going to be a great series. In the end, there's nine episodes. If you haven't watched WandaVision... If you aren't a Marvel fan, go ahead, go watch some WandaVision. I think you'll be thrilled by the finished product, product, and I know I am. So, Luca, we got some NHL to watch tonight. We got football to look forward to, basketball to look forward to, a lot of sports, TV. Uh, this has been good talking to you. I'm Josh. This is the Get Your Goat podcast. Uh, if you liked it, like and subscribe. But, Luca, I've had fun. Uh, this has been Get Your Goat. Me as well. All right, Josh out. See ya. Bye, everybody.